If you have your Bibles, uh, just quickly a couple of verses of Scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 5. The Old Testament. Yeah, the Old Testament. <laughs> you know, we're the only people who call it the Old Testament. I mean, it's... <laughs> you know, when Paul was preaching with, to Timothy and when the Lord was talking to the, the Jews of that day, he didn't say, hey, you know, in the Old Testament, Moses wrote. I mean, it was... <laughs> but we call it the Old and the, old and the New. But um, in, in chapter 5 and... 32 and 33. He said, You shall observe to do, therefore, as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live, and that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. I want to preach for a few moments tonight or just maybe teach and give us some scripture to help us with this. Life between the lines. Life between the lines. Let's pray for the lesson tonight. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence in this house tonight. Lord, let us hear what the Spirit would say. And God, help us to be changed, to be challenged, that we would just strive to be better and reach forth. And Lord, we're going to praise you for it tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Don't you love his word? You can be seated. God bless you. God bless you. Life between the lines. I love word and uh, I think if there's any subject that I teach on as much as anything is that uh, the importance uh, of the word that we see the value of the word in our life that we understand um, that uh, without it we wouldn't even have we wouldn't have new birth without it the scripture says that you're born again but not of corruptible seed but incorruptible the word of God our new birth is tied to his word uh, the worlds were framed by the word we wouldn't even have the world without the word if God had not spoke into existence the things we uh, enjoy today uh, one writer said that I have esteemed I believe it was Job said I have esteemed the words of God's mouth more than my necessary food he said I need food to eat but uh his word is even greater than that. And, of course, we know the Scripture teaches us that we cannot live by bread alone, but we do live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And, of course, we know we have to eat natural food to live. But, there, in other words, what he's saying is there is no life, really, without the word of God. You may exist by consuming food, making sure you get all the right nutrients, but you'll never really live life until you give yourself to the word is what and that is what the Lord was telling Israel what Moses was relaying to Israel is that our life is tied the success of our life is going to always be tied to the word of God and so he said you shall observe to do therefore as the Lord your God has commanded you 
Now Moses went on to give many uh, statutes and commandments in that time and, and during the law and different things, but it was not him. He was the relay man. He was relaying what God was saying, uh, but he was the mouthpiece of the Lord. And he was saying, these things that I'm going to tell you, the Lord gave this to you, and he has commanded this uh, to you. And then he said, but you shall not turn aside to the right hand or the left. Uh, the word of God will keep you walking straight. When he said, uh, and when I was thinking about that tonight and uh, earlier today studying, I thought, you know, he said, he doesn't want you turning left or right. But if you keep this word, it keeps you on one path. But when people decide that the word's not enough, that's when they start veering off. Whenever we decide, this doesn't fit my social life, well, we start turning off. Or this doesn't fit my hobby, well, let me, then I'm, I start venturing off. And any way that we decide uh, left or right, that's, that's us. The Lord said don't turn left or right. He said walk straight. Walk in my word and you don't turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You, you stay between the lines. We used to tell people a lot of times when they would be leaving our house or they're heading home and hopping in the car, we'd say, keep it between the lines. In other words, stay safe. Don't be all over the road. Stay in your lane. But when uh, in this uh, scripture, the Lord went on and Moses went on to tell them, he said, you're going to walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you. And it's not so, it, it, the thing is that we think, so God's trying to just be a dictator over our life and do these things. But he said, no, there's a blessing tied to walking in these ways. So you can live and that it may be well with you and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. It, it pays to stay between the lines. You want to stay in that safe place. You want to stay where God's word is keeping you on the right path and not veering off to the left and veering off to the right. And, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, that, that word, if you walk in it, he said, it'll keep you where you need to be. People always get into trouble when they forsake the word of the Lord. Now, the Lord twice, he said, I'm commanded you. I've commanded you these words. I've commanded you. And so we know that uh, the commandments of God are very, very precious to him, and they should be to us. And Jesus said it like this in John 14 and 15. If you love me, oh, I love you, Lord. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, since we know that the Lord commanded things in Deuteronomy, he was always about his people keeping his commandments. We know that there's only one Lord, and every knee is going to bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We know that he's the Lord. And so he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And we think, man, that's such a wonderful thing. And yes, Lord, I'm going to keep your commandments. But he didn't say, if you love me, keep the, keep the commandments that you like. He said, keep my commandments. Because my commandments will keep you where you need to go. You know, uh, we, we often hear the, about the straight and narrow. Our, our walk has always been referred to, you know, we've got to walk that straight and narrow. And that's not uh, so we can just be confined and, and never have anything in our life. It's to keep us safe. 
Jesus said it in Matthew 7, 14. He said, you need to strive to enter in at the straight gate. He said, for straight is the way and narrow, straight and narrow is the way uh, that leads to life. That's the way that leads to life. He said, you can get on that big, wide, broad road where you can just bounce from corner to corner. He said, that's destruction. And many people go, decide to go that way. I want to go the straight and narrow. Uh, Jesus, strive for that. Strive to get in there. And so we know that uh, if we love him, we keep his commandments. The thing is, is that uh, in John 14, uh, and I didn't give you these scriptures, so don't worry, I'm just going gonna, gonna to shoot through till we get there because he puts that, that one little sentence after several different things he tells his disciples about. He's getting ready to head, head to Calvary. He knows his time on earth is winding up, and he's telling them some things. And so he starts off in this chapter, don't let your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, then believe in me. In my Father's house of many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. If I go uh, to prepare that place, I'll come again, receive you to myself. So where I am, you can be also. And so, you know, that, that's exciting. Jesus is giving us some peace. He's, he's letting us know some of his plan. He's giving us some insight that he is going away, but he's coming back. But while he's away, he's preparing a great place for us. And that can cause a lot of gratitude, a lot of emotion, a lot of thank you, Lord, and even I love you. But then he went on to say that, uh, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. He goes on to tell them, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's giving them revelation again about who he is. And then he says, uh, look, the works that I do, if you believe on me, those works you're going to do and greater works shall you do because I'm going to the Father. So he's just loading them down, telling them, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. And that's exciting. And people love heaven. They love the idea of miracles, signs, and wonders. They love asking and getting. And that can cause, again, a lot of emotion, an emotional response to him. That where we feel good about what God's doing. Oh, heaven's going to be great. That's where all our loved ones are at. That's where there's street of gold. And, man, we're just going to have a great time forever and ever. And, man, I can ask things. And so we just might be quick to blurt out, Lord, I just love you for what you're doing. And then after all those things, he just puts this one little sentence in there. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, it's not about all those things. If you love me, the way you honor me, the way you show me you love me is not by asking for things. It's not by getting, you know, the place I'm preparing. It's not about even having the revelation of who I am. He said, if you love me, here's how you can let me know that. Here's how you can show the world. Here's what I need you to do. If you love me, keep my commandments because the place I'm going to prepare for you won't mean nothing if you don't get there. You having a revelation of who I am don't mean nothing if you don't get there. You asking and me even answering you uh, here on earth means nothing if you don't get there. And you don't get there without keeping my commandments. And so he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Our walk with God has always been connected to his word. Always. Psalm 37 and 23 says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. In Psalm 119 and 133, the psalmist said, Order my steps in your word, 
and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Psalm 119 and 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So we see that the word is tied to our walk. We've got to keep the word or our walk is going to be all over the place. One man said if we abide in the light, even if the word is a light to us, if we abide in the light, there's no occasion for us to stumble. We shouldn't be stumbling. You know, sometimes the older you get, you might just fall <laughs> on a flat surface. I mean, but, you know, but realistically, you know, if you're walking through with the lights out, you might fall. There's a greater possibility that you're about to hit something. You don't see it. You think, well, I'm going. You know, you never know what somebody might have put in the room. You know, I was in there yesterday and nothing was there. While I was gone, somebody came and laid a trap, <laughs> moved a chair. Uh, it happens. I was coming in here uh, to turn on stuff one morning, as I always do. I used to come in and go down that back hallway, and there was nothing there the last time I was there. And I knew right where the light switch was. And so I'm walking in the dark. I didn't even use my phone flashlight I just because I know where I'm going. And next thing I know, man, I am tripping and falling and face down and knocking stuff is going everywhere. And a guy that had been doing some stuff over here, he had left his guitar amps and things and stuff. He had set them back there. I had no idea about it. Walked all over and broke his amp, just tore stuff up. Just, I mean, just and like to killed myself. If I just turned on the light, I would have saw that. The, the word... The commandments will keep you walking between the lines. It'll keep you on the straight and narrow. The straight and narrow is paved and lit by his word. And we're supposed to walk in all the ways, not some of them, but all the ways that the Lord our God commanded us so we can live. Not left, not right. Between the lines is life. Now, most of you, well, all of you, you got here by vehicle tonight unless somebody flew in I don't know about uh, but you were either a driver or a passenger and the reason you are here is because whoever was driving stayed between the lines stayed in their lane our roads have a center line and then they have a white line on either side that identifies this is where you stay if you're going that way you stay in this lane so you don't get hit by who's coming this way if you want to live, stay between the lines. If you want to live, that's how you do it. The lines are not suggestions. Hello? The lines are not suggestions. They mark the boundaries for the vehicles that are traveling in each direction. They're there for a reason. You say, well, it's just paint. Yeah, but that paint's got the law behind it. Yeah. Go ahead and, and jump that center line with the state patrol behind you. See how fast the blue light's going. All I did was go across some paint. Yeah, but that's the boundary. That's where you don't go. And you just got in trouble because you crossed the line. And so you can say, well, you know, it, 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 it's, just, you know, it's just words. But it's got the backing of the Lord behind it. Well, I don't see why that matters because his word's forever settled. And heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. And so uh, we live, we have a life because of that word. You, you, you start 
denying the word, you start taking chances with your life. And, and let me tell you, I, I know because I, I drive, especially since they repaved Arnoldsville Road. Oh, I love it. It's so smooth. And, man, there's a couple little S turns, and it's fun in that Mustang. I'm just going to tell you. But you know what's, what's easy about when you're going into a curve is to drop down and take the curve out. Instead of just hugging it, because if you're on the outside, you know, you feel the, especially if somebody's riding with you, they're up against the passenger door because you're, or they're coming over on you. But when I go into that curve, if I, if I don't see anybody coming that way and ain't nobody behind me, I drop down into the center. Whew, and it's more like a straight line. It's a lot easier. It's against the law. And if the police see me do it, I'm going to get a ticket. And I'll just be, well, do you know what you did? Yes, officer, I do. Do you know that's against the law? I do. But, you know, but it's easier. Oh, how many times have people said, well, it's just easier if I don't have to do that. But the Lord's going to say, but I didn't just put it in there so you could maybe decide, okay, this will work better. I put it in there for reasons. God's words are here. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And all Scripture is profitable for our doctrine yeah, for our correction, for us. It's, it's, it's from him for us. God doesn't need his word. He's, he's, he's righteous. He's only, he doesn't have to live. By, but he says, I want to keep you living good. I want your life to be better. I want you to make it here one day. So I'm going to help you through this world so you can stay between the lines. Because when you cross the lines, things happen. If you want to avoid a crash, you stay between the lines. If you want to avoid damaging your vehicle, somebody else's property, you stay between the lines. If you don't want a ticket, an expensive fine, loss of privilege, if you want to avoid the grief and frustration of, of having to work with your insurance or, or either losing, your, losing a vehicle, now you're walking, stay between the lines. If you're going north, stay out of the southbound lane. We've had... We've had people in our church that uh, were in head-on collisions. You know why? Not because they stay, because they you know, didn't stay in the lane. Somebody else crossed the line and hit them. You know, if everybody stays, think about how many cars you pass like that every day when you're driving. All it takes is somebody cross the line. And, and man, we're 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 running this race. We're walking this line. We're living this life. We've got to stay. In the lane, we've got to stay where God put us. Don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right because your life is between the lines. When you get out there on the edge, there's signs and mailboxes. In some places, you know, there's, there's even no shoulder. There's deep ditches and, and potholes. And, and man, you, you, all you got to do is get off just a little bit. I remember before they paved that out there, there was one curve right when you came out and right on the white line. It was just terrible, just pothole. And I hit it one morning coming to church years ago. Not in that, my Mustang. I would have burned the city down. But it was an old Astro van, so I didn't get too upset. I just had to stop and change the tire. But I, it wasn't off the road. It was on the line. So you got to stay between. Quit, people try to see how close they can get. But see, I, I, I was still on the pavement, but there was, you know, and so... 
uh, I don't want to just be trying to skirt the edges and, and let me see how close I can get. Let me see, let me see how close I can get and stay alive. Why don't I just stay safe and stay between the lines? Because that's where my life is. Our life is between the lines, not left, not right. It is doing and walking in his word, in his ways, and his commandments. That's what God wants us to do. He's not trying to be hard and ugly to us. He's telling us. I know you get excited about a lot of things in church. And people do, man. They, they, they come to church for all sorts of reasons. They, they come because of the programs that you have. They come, uh, you know, for, the, for fellowship. They come for choirs and singing. They come for food, whatever it is. If you're having a festival, they, they come for so many reasons. And, and there's so many uh, biblically and I mean, I'm not being ugly. There are a lot of biblically illiterate people in the church because they don't read his word, they don't study his word, and they don't come to Bible studies or they don't come to hear preaching. They, they, they come for the fluffy stuff. That's it. They, you know, they, they want to go to heaven. They want to they be able to come and pray and ask for something and get something, but, but uh, what, oh, I got to stay between the lines? It would be better for you if you did. You should. Well, that's not what I want to do. But God wants us. Man, one place the scripture tells us that his commandments are not grievous. They're not, they're not uh, hard to, to deal with. Read any of his word and tell me, oh, that's just too hard to deal with, Lord. What was hard to deal with was Calvary. That was pretty hard to deal with. It was pretty hard uh, to deal with, uh, you know, knowing what was coming, but he did it anyway. That was pretty hard to deal with, but he did it anyway. And all he asked for us is, hey, now, I, I've given my life for you. I've shed my blood for you. I've I, I filled you with my spirit. Now, all I'm asking is, if you love me, keep my commandments. He, he, he told one people, he said, why do you call me Lord and not do the things that I ask? You come to me saying, Lord, and why are you calling me Lord? You don't do the things I ask. So I'm not, I'm really not your Lord. You're just referring to me as a title because I'm not the Lord of your life. If I'm the Lord of your life, you would do the things that I ask. That's, that's one in uh, Matthew 7 when he was talking about the straight and narrow. That's a lot of the things he, he begins to address. He said, there'd be some that said, we did a lot of mighty miracles in your name. And he said, I never knew you. I didn't know who you were. And then he went on, he said, Here, here's where you'll find success. And he told a parable about the building of houses. He said, one man built a house, dug deep, built it on a foundation. Storms came. Nothing happened. It, it survived the storm. One guy, he decided to build a house, just built it on the sand. Here come the rain and the flood, knocked it down. And, and he said, what a great fall it was. He said, those two people are, are this. The one who built on foundation, they hear my word and they keep it. The other ones are the ones who hear my word and shrug it off and don't do anything about it. One guy was living between the lines, one guy wasn't. And he found destruction in his life. And so there are reasons, though, that people cross the line. In the natural, as far as driving cars, uh, it can be some of it. Reason number one, plain and simple disobedience. That's me every time I hit that curve. I know it's against the law, but I'm going to do it. As long as nobody's coming, I'm, go I'm going to do it every time. I shouldn't. I do. Lord, help me and, and forgive me. I'm not just trying, but 
I am actually just rebelling against the law. I'm like, here I go. So don't nobody be telling that they'll be sitting in there waiting on me on Wednesday nights. But, um, but you know, plain and simple dis- disobedience. They're, they're bad drivers. They don't care. And the rules don't apply to them. I'm just painting myself as an, as an awful person. I know. <laughs> I'm not riding with you nowhere <laughs> ever again. But, uh, but that happens in this, in this spiritual walk as well. Jeremiah 6 and 16 he said, Thus saith the Lord, stand you in the way and see, ask for the old path, where's the good way, and walk therein. This is the same path that he was talking about from Deuteronomy. He was telling them, don't turn left or right. He said, you'll find rest for your souls. But they just simply answered him, we will not walk therein. We're going to go whichever way. If we decide to turn left, we're going to turn left or turn right or go backwards. Whatever we want to do, we're going to do it. Just disobey it. Titus 1 and 16, they profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. They're abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. So he said, some of them just, oh, I know him, but I deny him. I'm not going to do what he asked to do. Uh, Peter had written in one place, in in 1 Peter, he said that uh, there are people they stumble at the word because they're disobedient. Disobedient to the word of God. Just not going to do what God says to do. That's not the way to live your life. We, look, we're going to make it because he loves us. But is that right? We know he had to love us, but then there's this other thing. Even if you're not obeying him, he loves you. You know, there'll be nobody that slips off into eternity in the bad place. Nobody's going to hell unloved. That's a fact. So, uh, sure, we have to have his love. Because God so loved the world that he gave. That's where salvation originates. I mean, he loved us first. And then, but... What if he, he's loving us, but we're not loving him back? His love will not save us if we are disobedient. He can't go against his word. And so he loves us. It's not the Lord's will, the scripture says, that any perish, but that all would come to repentance. So and repentance is his word. That's another way to stay between the lines. Uh, but so I want to make sure that I understand that God loves me, but I can't just rely on that love and never do anything about it. He loves me, but he loves me too much to leave me lost. So he came and he gave his life and he died and he rose again and he sent the Holy Ghost. And, and you know, so he gave us a way of salvation. But, but uh, his love means it, 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 I will not reap the benefits of that love through disobedience. And so... As, uh, if that makes sense. So uh, another reason, reason number two, people uh, cross the line in the natural happens in the spiritual as well. They're drunks. Inebriated, intoxicated, spiritual DUIs. Intoxicated by the world, excess. That's scripture. The scripture says not to be drunk with wine, whereas in excess, but be filled with the spirit. Anytime 
that the scriptures talk about that. It, it doesn't have to be a natural, you know, through alcoholic beverage inebriation. Be you can be drunk on the cares of life, uh, in the things of the world, and and so Luke in Luke twenty one and thirty three it says, "Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away." And then he said this: "Take heed to yourself, watch yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness." And cares of this life, uh, we find about out about those cares of this life in the parable of the sower. He's sowing seed, and the Lord said, "The seed that he's sowing is the word of God." And some of it does fall on good ground, but some of it falls among weeds and among thorns. And he said, "Those are the people who are, are caught up in the cares of this world and the cares of life, and it chokes the word out of them." And so, when we become so wrapped up, the Bible says that. That we shouldn't uh, be, uh, uh, if we're going to be a good soldier of, of him, we don't get ourselves all tangled up in this world. And the Bible says, don't love the world and the things that are in the world. We're not supposed to be in love with those things. We're supposed to love him. If we love him, we keep his commandments. But you can't serve two masters. You're going to cling to one and hate the others. That's scripture and, and it's truth. So I, I don't want to be wrapped up with the cares of this life so that that day that he comes back, that it comes upon me unaware. I, I don't want that to happen. And, and so Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 7, look, uh, they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunk are drunk in the night. Well, the Bible says we are not of the night, but we are of the day. We're the light of the world. God called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so I don't want to be uh, drunk driving through my walk with God. I, that's, you know, uh, here's another little personal story. Pre-Jesus, when I was working with that band, we had played a Halloween party one night. I wasn't supposed to be driving the equipment truck that night, but the guy that was supposed to be driving it was being a big baby, and so I said, give me the keys, I'll drive. I shouldn't have been driving few miles up the road from the club there to set the license check and he said I wasn't gonna lie to him he you've been drinking tonight I mean look he could have looked at me and told I'm sure but I said yes sir I have uh I'm sure I fudged on how many or what I had been drinking you know I was oh, I wanted two a few hours ago come on out here and blowing this thing for me so I did and it was like a point one two or something like that. It was high. And he was like telling me all this stuff. And I said, you know, I feel fine. And he said, son, he said, what you feel and what is real are two different things. And uh, he said, "So blow." He said, "I'm going, but I'm going to give you another shot." And he said, "If you," he said, "We're going to go down to the station." He said, "When we get there, if you blow anything less than what you just blew, he said, I'll let you go." He well, he did let me go, but they had to pay the fine. All that cash that they just got for playing that gig, they turned around and gave it to Butts County. So <laughs> he's like, "What do we? Want, what do y'all want me to do?" I said, "You give them that money and get me out of here. You ain't leaving me in this place overnight." So. But what I'm saying is this, too, is that, you know, we may feel I can just do 
what I want to because I know God loves me and I know that uh, he's very merciful and he's long-suffering. And that's all true. But the Bible says that the long-suffering of the Lord is supposed to bring us to salvation. He's being long-suffering. Instead of just cutting us off, instead of just locking us up and throwing away the key, instead of just wiping us out, he's long-suffering to us. He wants us to get it right, to turn around, to start walking in the right ways. And, and, well, I I just feel like you ought to be able, well, what we feel and what's real, because this is what's real. What's between these pages right here, that's what's real. And his word is more real than any emotion or any feeling that we will ever have. And so uh, we need that word of God. And, and, and man, I'm telling you, you just live by that word. It, it helps you in every way. It teaches you how to deal with yourself. It teaches you how to deal with others. Uh, it teaches you how God deals with you. I mean, it just teaches you how to live the best life going. And so uh, let's avoid the... Uh, the excess the, of this world. This Man, you get over watching the news, politics, and uh, wars. And, man, you know, we were sending some texts yesterday, you know, Russia shooting missiles everywhere. They accidentally shot some into Poland, it seems like. And just all kind of things are just going on. You can get so caught up in all this that you forget, hey, you've got a God. And you've got a, a, a job in this world to be the light of the world. Now, Think about that. If the word is a light, the Bible says the entrance of his word uh, bringeth light. The word's a lamp, a light. Uh, so all this is light. He said, let there be light. It was the word that brought light into the world. Now, we're the light of the world. How do we think this, this light don't burn without the word? There's no, uh, you're shining no light without the word. Just not happening. We've got to live by the word of God. And so I don't want to. Uh, an excess of this world because any of that will cause me to to be drunken in a way I don't want to be. I, I want to stay in my lane. I want to stay between the lines so I can live and have peace. The Bible says, great peace have they that love your law or love your words and nothing shall offend them. So uh, if I keep his word, I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm going to stay right and I don't have to worry about being offended about things or, or being offended by things in this world. Uh, the third reason that people cross the line, they get distracted. Distracted driving will get you a ticket now. Daydreaming behind the wheel. But yeah, that, my wife's new car, uh, it makes me want to just run it into the curb. But you're driving. We, we were driving to a general conference. I'm riding down 75. I've been riding for several hours just going. You listen to the radio. We're talking. And then it pops up on the dash, distracted driver. Where? It's talking about me. I'm like, I'm driving straight. But if you evidently, if you drive a certain amount of time without stopping or making any turns, it does that. So it's trying to get your attention like, hey, look up. I'm like, man, I've been driving all these years without that stupid thing. I don't need the car telling me pay attention. You know, I'm like, oh, and it would, and there's no way to turn it off. It just keeps doing it, and it, it pops up. And you can't see how fast you're going because it, it's just like distracted driving. It shows like a little coffee cup or something. Like I need some coffee. I, I've got coffee right here. Do you know who's? I'm always driving with coffee. I've got coffee. 
But it's like, but anyway, it's it's trying to. I guess that's a safety feature, so that if you've been riding a while, it kind of wakes you up, you know. You know, now around here we've got them stupid uh, rib. Uh, what do you call them things? They made in the road. Oh, you get you get too close to the line, you know it now, because it feels like it's tearing your car apart. <laughs> Like, oh, that makes me mad. I'm very particular about my car. And in my old truck, I don't care. But in my Mustang, I'm like, hey, I don't like this thing beating my car up. But anyway, it keeps you, lets you know, hey, you, you're to the line. Why do we do that? We've all been distracted driving. If you were, you don't raise your hand, but you know that you've looked down to get your phone or done something, I'll say, hey, how did I get in this other lane? It's happened. I've done it before. I, somebody would text me, and I shouldn't do it. I, I pick it up, and then also, oh, hey, ooh, okay. And I know somebody coming down the road saying, what's, that? <laughs> what's he doing? But you drop something, fooling with the radio, looking out the window, texting, FaceTiming, making videos while you're driving. And I know some in here that's guilty of that. But it happens. You know, we buy little accessories to help us do things we shouldn't do while we're driving. Now this thing will hold my phone and it'll just film me while I'm driving. Well, but we go across the line or we run off the road near, we either nearly wreck or we do wreck trying to straighten it back out because we overcorrect. Trying to get back in the lane, trying to get back between the lines, but if you went, went left or right in the first place, you'd be all right. Obedience to the word will keep you from distractions. You know, there's a you know there's laws in most states now. You're not supposed to have a phone in your hand while you're driving. If we did that, and if, you know you're not supposed to text and drive. If we did that, if people would obey that, there wouldn't be accidents that were attributed to that. But people still do it because they think I can handle it, and that's what happens. Is people think I can do this anyway regardless of what the Lord said, but you end up distracted. Is it really that important? What if you gained the whole world and lose your soul? Or what would you give in exchange for your soul? Is it really that important? So, uh, you know, how many times in the scriptures does Jesus say, watch, watch, watch? Because you don't know the day, you don't know the hour, so don't get distracted with the things going on in this world. Don't get to see... Don't get distracted in this last day. He's coming back. The Bible says he's coming back like a thief in the night. We don't know the day or the hour. He's coming back. I don't want to be distracted in my walk with God. The word reminds me, be ready. Keep it between the lines. The scripture, no man putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You're not supposed to be looking. You're, if you're plowing, you're supposed to be looking straight ahead. You're not supposed to be looking all over the place. Don't be looking back. One writer said, "If don't be mindful of the country from whence you came, or you'll have an ample opportunity to head back. You'll do it every time. Don't love the world or the things in the world. All that's in the world, it's not of the Father. So don't love the world. Lay aside weights. Lay aside sin that so easily besets us, gets us off course. Don't be unequally yoked. With unbelievers, there's scripture to keep you between the line. 
Don't get caught up with the cares of this life. Don't get distracted by all the noise in the media and the things that are going on. But just hear what the Spirit is saying and walk and live by the Word of God. When I was just a young minister, and honey, you can come up if you want to for the music. When I was a young minister at Brother Hart's church, one of the things that he would always tell us is, he said, the first seven chapters of Proverbs, some of the greatest instruction you'll ever have, he said, as far as just living your life and listening and keeping yourself, you know, basically in your lane. He didn't, he didn't use those, those words, but he said, this will help you in your walk with God and, and just living your life for God. And, and so over and over, uh, I find myself just picking up and reading those first seven chapters, just instilling them back in my mind. And, and that, that's where I'm going to close tonight uh, in Proverbs 4. And just, just listen from right here. Uh, I'm going to read from verse 20 down to the end of this, this chapter. And, and listen to what the writer says here. He said, My son, attend to my words and incline thine ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and help to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, perverse lips, put it far from you. Let your eyes look right on, as straight ahead. Let your eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of your feet. Let all your ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. And remove thy foot from evil. So this wasn't just a one-time thing for, for Israel. This was a, a, a principle that they knew uh, that they would follow, that it would be best for them in their life, that if we stick with his word, and we don't try to go off on our own tangent and on our own creed, our own doctrines, and go off on our own paths and choose our own ways. We're going to be fine. We've got to look forward, keep our eyes straight ahead, and keep following. The Lord said, follow me. Well, it's hard to follow somebody if you're looking everywhere else but at the one you're following. And so to kind of put that in perspective, we're following him. We're supposed to be watching him. He is the word made flesh that dwelt among us. He is the Word. And so, and He, I promise you, He's not going off all over the place. He, he's got a destination. He wants to get us somewhere. Where I am, you can be also. He wants to get us to a certain place, but we're going to follow Him. We're going to follow the Word. And that's what's going to get us there. 